Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Let me start with a quick little poll to get us started. And if you're law enforcement in the room, if you could just kind of turn your head like the other direction a little bit. Uh, here's the question. Um, how many in the room, and we're gonna, see, uh, we're gonna see the difference between the two services. How many in the room when you're driving, you drive under the speed limit most of the time? How many, how many, how many drive under the speed limit most of the time? All right, awesome. <laughs> awesome, all right, here's the next question. How many of you drive pretty much like an, a, a mile per hour above or below, but you're pretty much driving the speed limit most of the time? How, how many, how many, all right. All right, and then the next one, how, how many in the room are over the speed limit drivers? Like it's, it's like nine miles an hour, like everywhere you go. Oh man, we've got some fast drivers in our church. I'll tell you what, the first service kind of shocked me too. Um, I am a nine miles per hour above the speed limit driver. And Andrea gets so frustrated with me because I have this tendency to look at speed limits as suggestions, <laughs> not laws. <laughs> um, but how many know that if I'm driving and a cop sees me speeding, what's going to happen? I'm going to get a ticket. And it doesn't matter whether I believe in speed limits or think they're suggestions, or think they're just optional to the people that cannot drive as well as me. It does not matter that if a cop sees me speeding, I'm getting a ticket, and the reason why I'm getting a ticket is because I have broken the law. Well, guess what? God has laws too. God has laws too. And we benefit when we follow his laws and there are consequences when we don't. And today what I wanna do as we kinda wrap this elephant in the room series is I, I, wanna, share, um, I wanna share one law with you today that is at work in every area of our lives. That this law that, um, that we live by in our life, that it impacts our marriage, it impacts our friendships, it impacts our emotions, it impacts our career, and it even impacts our finances. Today we're finishing up uh, week four, the final week of our Elephant in the Room series where we've been, we've been uncomfortably kind of looking at um, what it means to steward our finances God's way, not our way. And uh, today, if you got your Bibles, um, you can turn to, and we're going to be at two places, Galatians chapter 6, and then we're going to take a look as well at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, at the end of the day, I think we all have to, we have to understand this about the law that we're going to talk about, that we can't get life right or our finances right if we get this law 
wrong. Today I want to talk to you from uh, this title, The Law of Sowing and Reaping. Sowing and Reaping. Galatians, um, Galatians is kind of an interesting uh, book in the Bible. It's written by the Apostle Paul. And uh, it was a letter to the churches that he had started in Galatia. And here was the reason why he was writing this letter, because false teachers had kind of worked their way into uh, these churches, and they were beginning to, uh, to teach the people that because of the grace and the freedom that they now receive through Jesus dying on the cross, that they could essentially live however they wanted to live. And the problem was is that, that all these church people were jumping onto that. I mean, hook, line, and sinker. And Paul's like, hold on just a second. And Paul begins to pen this uh, letter, Galatians. And I want us today to take a look primarily at chapter six. And I wanna, I wanna show you this law that, that Paul unpacks for them because at the end of the day, God want, or Paul wanted to protect um, these churchgoers and help them to experience all that God had for them. And here's what, here's what Paul writes in verse seven. He says, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. This word, if you've been around here, you know I'm a word guy. This word deceived means to deviate from the correct path. Paul says then that God cannot be mocked. Now, this word mocked in the English language, we tend to use that when we're like kind of teasing or making fun of somebody, but that's not what it means in the original language. In the original language, which was Greek, means this, it means to outsmart God. So Paul's like, Paul's like addressing this church and he's saying, he's saying, listen, don't be deceived right? You cannot outsmart God. It's like, don't allow your life to kind of drift off course thinking that you know better or that they know better, that you can't outsmart God. And then Paul drops the law of all laws that if we if we break it, we experience consequences. If we follow it, we experience benefits. He says, a man reaps what he sows. And that's the first point of three that I wanna share with you today, that we reap what we sow. Now, I've got, I got some seeds here, and I've got a very difficult quiz that I wanna give to you. Here's some tomato seeds. If I plant tomato seeds, what am I going to grow? Tomatoes, yes, you guys are doing great. These are watermelon seeds. If I plant watermelon seeds, what am I gonna grow? Watermelon, we're two for two. If I plant squash seeds, what am I going to grow? Squash. Now, if I were to come to you and say that I had planted watermelon seeds, but I got tomatoes instead, 
you would think one of a few things. One is you would think that I had completely lost my mind. Or you would think that somebody played a practical joke on me and they took the seeds for the tomato and they put it in the package of the watermelon and when I planted the seeds of the watermelon, that's why I got tomatoes. You see, all of us in this room, every single one of us, we get it. We understand that it just doesn't happen that way, that if you plant watermelon seeds, you are going to get watermelons. But for whatever reason, in our lives, there's this assumption that we can reap something that we didn't sow. I mean, think about it. Think about in parenting, right? Think about how we, if we are, are critical about other people, what are we gonna end up reaping? We're gonna reap kids who are critical <laughs> about other people. If we reap dishonesty in our life, we're not gonna end up reaping a boss or a coworker that's gonna trust us. If we sow unforgiveness, we're not gonna reap a bunch of friends that are gonna be forgiving for the mistakes that we make. If we sow selfishness in our marriage, we're not gonna reap a healthy marriage. And if we, if we sow greed in our life, we're not going to reap blessing. You see, here's the point that all of us have to understand about this law of sowing and reaping, is that good intentions don't determine our life. Our seed does. Good intentions, wanting a better marriage, wanting better finances, wanting you know, kids that pay attention and follow, um, follow the expectations, like wanting these things is one thing, but just having good intentions or wanting them doesn't mean that we reap them. Our life is determined by what we sow. And Paul kind of drills down into this law a little bit more in the next verse. And here's what he says. He says, whoever sows to please their flesh, now notice this, from the flesh. Doesn't say from God they reap destruction. It says from the flesh they reap destruction. Paul said whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit is going to reap eternal life. In essence, what Paul's saying is that if we, if we do what we wanna do, when we want to do it with whoever we want to do it with, that we are essentially sowing seeds that please the flesh, which means we are going to reap destruction. Now again, I'm a word guy. This word destruction in the original language, get this, it means to decompose. 
to decompose. What does an animal do on the side of the road when it gets hit? The longer it's there, the more it decomposes. This word means that it gets deader and deader and deader and deader from the inside out, right? And my guess is, is that there's some of you that walk through these doors today and you've, you've been feeling that in some area of your life. You've been feeling like the joy of life and the happiness of life has just been getting deader and deader and deader. That your marriage relationship has been getting deader and deader and deader. That your relationship with God just feels like it's getting deader and deader and deader from the inside out. And the reason why is because you have been sowing seeds that please the flesh in that area. And the law of all laws that operates whether we believe it or not is at work in your life, meaning that the, so, the seeds that you have been sowing in those areas, you are now reaping that harvest. That's the thing about this law is that the law can be good or the law can be bad. We sow good seeds, seeds to the spirit, and it's good. We begin to reap a harvest from the spirit. But if we begin to sow seeds to the flesh, then it's bad because we begin to reap a harvest of the flesh. Now, what I think is pretty cool about what Paul says here is that in the second part, he says, listen, you and I, we have a choice. Like if we don't like the harvest that we're experiencing right now, then all we have to do is change our seed. If we don't like the harvest, all we've got to do is change the kind of seed that we've been sowing. And so he says, began to sow to please the spirit. Because from the spirit, you will reap eternal life. Now that phrase eternal life for most of us, when we see it, when we're reading the Bible or we hear about it, our natural tendency is to connect that phrase to heaven. And I wanna, I wanna tell you that maybe that's not quite what Paul was trying to communicate to the churches in Galatia. You see, when you look at this phrase eternal life, the word life represents the reward and the word eternal represents the duration. You see, the word life in the original language is the word zoe, which means a God kind of life. Essentially, the way that we explain that around Transformation Church is it's God's best. And what Paul is telling them is that when you sow seeds that please the spirit in your marriage, in your parenting, in your career, in your education, in your emotions, in your finances, when you sow seeds that please the spirit, your reward is a God kind of life in that area. And here's the, the blessing of all blessings is that it's not a temporary one, but it's an eternal one. It's one that you get to experience, not just in heaven, but here on earth. 
It's the kind of life that doesn't grow deader and deader and deader from the inside out. But forgive my grammar, <laughs> it grows aliver and aliver and aliver from the inside out. Now, Paul follows this idea, this law, and, and he wants to make another point that's important for us to understand when it comes to the law of sowing and reaping because, because sometimes, we, sometimes we get frustrated, sometimes we try, and it doesn't quite work out the way that we thought that it would work out. And our instinct is to assume that that means that the law is not true. But what we fail to realize is point number two is that when we sow in one season, we always reap in another season. We sow in one season, but we reap in another season. Season. The challenge for most of us is we, we sow a seed, and again, like don't, don't put this in the finance box. Put this in the every area of my life box. That when we, when we do a few things in, in marriage, we've had a rocky marriage, and we've, we've kind of put ourselves out there to maybe do counseling or to have a difficult conversation, and we expect within a couple weeks that everything's going to be better, and now we can walk in the house, and there's no more arguments or disagreements. And we have this expectation, but it's not a realistic expectation because it breaks the very law of what God has put in order. And the law is, is that we sow in one season, we reap in another. I don't know, Ryan, I don't know if that's quite true. Okay, well, let's try it this way. Watermelon. If I go out there and I plant a watermelon today, am I getting a watermelon seed? Am I getting a watermelon tomorrow? No. Am I getting one a few days later? No. Am I getting one a week later or two weeks later? No. It takes months. It takes months from the time that I sow the seed to the time that I begin to reap the harvest. And Paul wants this church and he wants us to understand in this moment that, listen, the law of sowing and reaping is real, but you've got to recognize that we sow in one season and we reap in another season. And so that's why he then says in verse 9, let us not become weary. Let us not become weary in our sowing of seed. And maybe there's some of you that are here today and that's where you're at. You've made the turn in your life or in your marriage or parenting or finances and you have been sowing seeds that please the spirit but you've not seen the harvest yet and now you find yourself stuck in the gap in between. In between the sowing of the seed and the reaping of the harvest. You're right in the middle of two different seasons in your life and Paul is telling you today, do not grow weary there. That word weary in the original language is fatigue. It's, have you ever gotten so tired that 24 hours of sleep can't fix it? 
Have you ever been so emotionally exhausted in your life over a situation, over a relationship, that it doesn't matter how many vitamins you take, it doesn't matter how much you pray, it doesn't matter how much you sleep, every single day there just seems to be this heaviness, this fatigue, this weariness that you walk around with and Paul's like, listen, in the gap between the season of sowing and the season of reaping, do not grow weary and then watch this promise, for at the proper time, the proper time. This word in the original language is kairos. And it's speaking of the time that is favorable, not for God, but for you. For you, the God of the universe who created all things, who knows all things, that knows what's around the corner in your life, the God of all gods, knows exactly the time that that seed needs to produce the harvest so that you can walk in his best and be connected with him the most. Again, remember, God's plan for our life isn't just to give us stuff, it's to draw us closer to him. And I don't know about you, but I've been in some seasons in my life where if God would have blessed me, I would have wasted it all myself. I was too immature to be able to steward the seed or the harvest well enough. And so God says, Paul's communicating at the proper time, at the time that is most favorable for you. He says this, He says, you are going to reap harvest, but you're only going to reap it if you do one thing. Don't give up. If you don't give up. There's probably a few people in this room that you walk through these doors and that's where you're at. You're at this place in your life, there's such heaviness, such fatigue from things not changing in whatever area of your life that has you been, you've been struggling with the most. The Holy Spirit would say to you today, do not give up. Do not throw in the towel in your weariness and your fatigue Because just because it has not happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So we reap what we sow. We sow in one season and then we reap in another season. The third thing that Paul would have us understand is that we also reap more. Then we sow. Now I can hear your thoughts going. He's talking about money. Stop. Does it apply to money? Yes. But it's every area of our life that we're talking about today. When we sow seeds that please the spirit in certain areas of our life, that there is a gap between the sowing and a gap between the reaping but the reaping season always produces more than we sowed. 
Here's how it works. In my hand, it's slimy because it's got butter all over it. In my hand, on the floor, is a kernel. You can't even see it, it's so small, right? Which is a whole nother lesson in and of itself because it's not about how much, <laughs> it's about how faithful. And what we have no idea of is the power that's in a seed. And here's how this law works agriculturally is that I plant a seed in one season and in another season, I'm gonna reap a harvest. When you plant a kernel, it produces a stalk that produces one to two ears of corn, which they say on one ear of corn is 600 to 800 kernels. So, in one season, we reap in another, but we always reap more than we sow. The problem that rises up in most of our lives is that for most of us, we don't sow the seed. We eat it. And then we sit back and we wonder, God, why aren't you being faithful? I'm going to counseling. Right? I started tithing. I started serving. I'm being faithful at work. Where you at? See, the problem is, is that it's not an absence of seed, but it's a failure to understand the purpose behind the seed. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse 10, says, now he who supplies Seed to the who? The sower. Do you know what I recognized last night that I had never even noticed in this text as long as I've read it? Is that he only provides seed to who? He's not providing seed to the people that aren't sowing. He's providing seed to the sower and bread for food. And he says, and I will also supply and increase. This word increase means multiply. It's where we get our word plethora from. And Paul's trying to help them understand that when we are faithful in this way, in every area of our life, that he not only provides, but he multiplies. Now watch this. This is my favorite part. He allows us to experience, to be blessed with a legacy, and you see that at the end of this verse, and will enlarge the harvest 
of your righteousness. So now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. That word righteousness isn't speaking of holiness. It means acts of charity. In other words, what Paul's trying to say here is that other people's lives will be forever changed through our generosity. And then Paul says this about the purpose in verse 11. This is the purpose. The promise is seed and multiply. But the purpose of the seed in verse 11 is that you will be enriched in every way. Not just enriched in finances, but enriched in your marriage, enriched in your purpose, enriched in your parenting and with your kids, enriched in your emotions. But notice the purpose so that, so that you can be generous on every occasion. Did you catch that? The purpose of the seed has nothing to do with us. Sure, we get a blessing when he multiplies, but it's not so we can just continue to eat the seed, but it's so that we have then more seed to sow so that God can move through our generosity to make a difference in other people's lives, which leaves a legacy. So that at the end of the day, when time passes by and your time here is done, there is a line waiting in heaven to shake your hand and to thank you because you lived a life that wasn't about yourself, but a life that was generous, that sowed seeds, that reaped a harvest so that you could continue to sow seeds so that God could expand the harvest of your righteousness, of your generosity. In week two, I had this little diagram up here. And on the left side, it talked about the earthly system. And on the right side, it talked about the godly system. And on the earthly system of living is selfishness. And it's all about, it's about me and it's about kind of mine and gathering mine and everything is temporary. It's about what I can gain here on earth. And then on the kingdom side, it was all about generous, right? It was others focused, not me focused. It was kingdom of God focused, not my kingdom down here focused. And we talked about how what comes with that is that when we live our life and align it under the earthly model that the only thing that we can experience is destruction. But when we align our lives under godly system, 
but all we can experience is blessing. Here's what I've learned. I've learned that God gives more to the people who know what the more is for. God gives more to the people who know what the more is for. purpose of our seed that we sow in the spirit into our relationships, friendships, marriage, purpose, what we do with our talents, what we do with our time, our relationship with God. God gives more seed to the people that know what the seed is for. It's to be generous to invest ourselves in every area of our life to make a difference in the lives of others. It's what our dream team does. You think they like to get up in the morning when it's raining and early to come watch your kids? <laughs> Running sound, lights, broadcast, singers, ushers, greeters. These are all individuals that recognize what the seed of their talent is for. It's to be generous with their life so that they can make a difference in yours. And so the question that all of us have to ask at the end of the day is this. What kind of life do we want? What kind of marriage do we want? What kind of career do we want? What kind of friendships do we want? What kind of emotions do we want? If we sow seeds of the flesh, we're going to get deader and deader and deader in those areas. But if we'll rise up and have courage and sow seeds that please the Spirit, His promise, and it's a law that nature can't break, is that we will get aliver and aliver and aliver from the inside out. Friend, my challenge to you as we begin to finish up 2023 and we head into 2024. Don't wait for January for a resolution, right? Start sowing seed now because you sow in one season and you reap in another. If you want 2024 to be different than 2023, then you can't wait for 2024 to start sowing seed. You've got to sow it now. Sow seeds that please the Spirit. And I guarantee you, you'll be able to watch God fulfill his promises in your life. Would you bow your head with me today? Our prayer team is gonna kind of head over to the corners. Here's the question that we wanna ponder 
every week when we hear God's word, God, what are you saying to me today? I want you to take a moment and I want you to ask that question. God, what are you speaking to me today through this law of sowing and reaping? Maybe there's an area that he speaks to, an area of your life that he kind of shines the light on, that you've been, you've been sowing some seeds of flesh, and if you want a different harvest, then you've got to sow a different seed. stand with me today. I want to close in prayer here in just a moment. My challenge to you is whatever God spoke to you in that moment, have the courage to do it. Have the courage. It's rarely easy, but it's always a blessing when we're obedient to Jesus. Hey, a couple things real quick before we pray and we go today. If today's your first time with us, hey, again, welcome home. Make sure you stop by the Connect Center on your way out, get your free gift. If you would like prayer at all, um, our prayer team is located in these far corners over here and they'll be available after the service to pray with you. And then uh, Discover TC is immediately following uh, the service today. If you've signed up for that, awesome. That's for uh, all of our first time uh, guests just to kind of get uh, an idea of who we are as a church. It's a free lunch, free childcare. It's, it's uh, last about 60, 70 minutes. Uh, just an awesome time. And we've got a few openings. If uh, you're new today and you just don't want to pay for lunch, hey, join us. Stop by Connect Center and they'll show you uh, how to get down there. Uh, so would you pray with me? Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you, Father, that your promises are yes and amen. That your word, the Bible says, cannot return to you void. Meaning, when you create a law, we can't outsmart the law. And so, Father, today we surrender ourselves to you. We humble ourselves. And, Father, we just pray that you would speak to us and give us the courage to walk those things out in our life. Father, I pray over this church and I pray over the marriages in this house. I pray over the emotions. I pray over relationships. I pray over uh, futures and the stress about what's next and where's my life going. Father, I pray that God, we would see the fulfillment of sowing seeds that please the spirit and your faithfulness to bring about a harvest. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.